What's good, everybody, and welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, September 10th, 2019. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by the legendary Space Rocks creator, Gary Witta. Thank you, Barrett. I appreciate that. For the last time. This is it for you and me, right? I know, Gary. It's so sad. I'm glad glad that we made an effort to make sure that we would host one last time together before you went off to your your new adventures. It's, It's good. I know, and I'm so happy that you had such a successful weekend at PAX. We're going to talk about it in just a second. But, Gary, you know, somebody wrote in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames and said, I can't believe Gary and Andrea have never hosted together, and this is their first and last time. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Come on now. Someone's not been paying attention. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Of course, you guys know this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, where we bring you the nerdy video game news you need to know and know about. If you like that, be part of the show at patreon.com slash kindfunnygames. You can send us your questions, your squad ups, and everything else under the video game sun so we can set the record straight. Nope, that's the wrong line. Um, for everybody <laughs> watching on YouTube services. Going out with a bang. You guys, I was up way too late last night uh, looking at dumb stuff on the internet. Just could not fall asleep. Happens to the best of, of us. I have a lot of my brain. It and then I had to, to get up this morning. Um, you guys might notice that Greg is not here and it's Tuesday because normally Gary's here for what a Wednesday is because Greg is at the Apple event in Mountain View right now. Barrett's got the event up on a, a side screen. So as soon as they start talking about the Apple Arcade Hey, look, business, it looks like they might be talking about it right now. Wait, really? No. Yeah, really? Look, well, let's, let's go live to the Apple let's event. Let's go live to Steve Jobs Theater. All right. Let's see what's happening. Every month, get personalized recommendations, watch game trailers. So this is going to be like the Netflix for games content. type service, right? Apple Arcade, is, am, I, am I remembering that right? Um, maybe. Awesome Supposedly, so yes. You pay, you pay like a flat fee and you get all the games, I think is, I think is the general idea. I'm so glad they're talking about this at the beginning of the show. Is there any way we can get a little bit more volume? To show you a few today. First up are our partners at Konami. Okay. Who have delighted players. <laughs> Konami's up first. Their next game Thank you, Barrett. There we go. Hit for the whole family. Please welcome Konami brand manager. What's Konami got for us? Pachinko machines. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, be pachinko <laughs> for your iPhone. I'm trying to think of what Konami is going to announce on phones first. What do they have that would make sense? Do you think it might be an existing Konami IP? Yeah, definitely. with Q games. Konami could Q Games, okay. Frogger. Look at this. Wow. It's like Frogger in Toy Story. It looks so cute. Are you a Frogger fan? I mean, it's I mean, it's classic, right? I haven't I, played Frogger in like. I will never get tired of. I will never get. I feel like Frogger is one of those timeless game designs that never gets old. Looks like they've done something fun with it here. Okay, so he's playing it on an iPad. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That is a fun and important part of gameplay. Obviously, best way to play mobile games. Do you know if they announced that uh, these games are going to be on Apple TV as well? That's the rumor that we thought was going to need to be confirmed today. That's what we saw right before I pulled it up. They showed the games on like every... On an Apple TV? And I think they said they were going to make the uh, Apple TV compatible with like regular game pads as well. You wouldn't have to buy a special game pad. There's a ton of game pads that are currently available for iOS devices on the marketplace right now. I I just want to use one of the ones I already have though. Yeah, you can do Bluetooth from a lot of your devices, but I'm not sure if you need a special piece of software. But look at those baby sunglasses! I mean, this is definitely a different take on Frogger. How do you feel about it being more 3D than 2D? I'm I'm fine with that. The the problem that I'm I'm having as I watch is I've just never been that excited about touch controls for arcade-style games. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, like when you're swiping on the screen? I'd, I'd rather have a tactile controller, which obviously you can do. That's why I'm asking about Apple TV. Because yeah. I feel like I would get more out of Apple Arcade on Apple TV with a game controller than I will. Like, it'd be nice to have it on the phone as well, but... Frogger and Toy Time will be available it's... at launch, and we cannot wait for okay. you to play with you. Okay, right. that's launch. Exclusively. I, know, I imagine they'll do that last. Thank you. I'm hoping, okay. I'm hoping they're going to do one of those, and you can get it today kind of things. Right? I love it when they do that. So I'm trying to take some notes here so we can Thanks, recap this. So we know so we're getting Frogger. Exclusively. Next up is on Apple Arcade, they said. Capcom. Okay, Ooh, Capcom. Capcom. Okay. You think this is going to be um, Mega Man? The Teppin game that they were showing? Have you seen this card no. game that they've launched? No, they have a card game. Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's like a Hearthstone style game. They were doing it at PAX West. Uh, Alana Pierce was actually hosting the tournament. Thanks, man. With Shinsekai into the depths, 
We set out to create a beautiful yet treacherous underwater world. Oh, okay. Into the, the depths. world above is covered in ice. You have no choice but to search the ocean below. This okay. is humanity's last survivor. All right. You'll notice gauges at the top that indicate Okay, so era, we got platforming action here. You'll need to be thoughtful and Yeah, a little undersea platforming. Why not? You can use thrusters to navigate or get to safety. Okay, this kind of reminds me a little bit of Into the Deep, that game that Game Trust made with Insomniac. Which is why it's Obviously, the art style is very different, but it's pretty. Lucky for us, our little drone is here to help us out. So we think this is probably like a Metroidvania type. To make it feel authentic and immersive. Yeah. In fact, we recorded music and sound effects underwater. Let's give it a listen. All right, for everybody who's listening on podcast services, they are showing some gameplay. It looks like uh, he's like in like an astronaut-type suit, but he's underwater. Now there's a big sea caterpillar. Yeah, it's like a 2D platformy deep sea deep sea diving kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, like the 2.5D kind of yeah, look, yeah, right? Yeah. Mastering shooting while thrusting will challenge even the most seasoned gamer. The underwater this is the sort thing you would play, Andrew. I don't generally like um, these type of Metroidvania platformers, um, so I'm not sure. And doing it with touch controls see, the touch, seems see, that's particularly what, that's what I'm just not excited about the touch controls. That's why I want the Apple TV version. Put it on a big screen, give me a controller mm -hmm. like a regular video game. And of course, it's, but then you can take it on the go if you want. That's the nice thing about it. But it's yeah. not the primary way I would play. Yeah, Tim and I were talking yesterday about how I was hoping they were going to lean into games specifically designed for mobile. But so far, both of these titles that we've seen look like they're they look very console adaptations. Yeah. I Our love her skirt. Is from Annapurna Interactive. Known for oh, they do some good stuff, Annapurna. Let's see what they got. Their next game is okay. truly one of a kind. To tell you more, please welcome Annapurna Interactive. I'm really glad that they stacked the game stuff at the top of the Apple yeah, event yeah, so today. Have to, yeah, they didn't know a whole bunch of shit about Apple stores have opened around the world, all that boring Thank stuff. You. We are teaming up with Samogo to bring their creative, ambitious new game to Apple Arcade. Sayonara Wild Hearts is a fast Okay, so she said Sayonara Wild Hearts. We like to think of it as What's Sayonara Wild Hearts? Oh, you haven't like seen this yet, Gary? Dope uh, okay. Switch game. Yeah, so they they have a demo forever. up right now. Okay, this looks like an endless runner. Essentially, yeah. In this level, our heroine is chasing after the scary pretty. Yeah, the music is wild. Between rhythm-based tapping and high-speed racing. Some anime as fuck shit you right here, and I'm mm -hmm. into it. Moving the camera, but playing as a perspective automatically. See, now this is a game that could definitely so work on mobile. I was gonna, so, so I'm gonna say this is the sort of thing that seems better designed with touch controls in mind mm -hmm. than the more traditional stuff that we've seen already, the Frogger and the and the Undersea game. This is cool. I like rhythm games. I like games that have cool music and you kind of play in time with the music. And the neon visual style, like the pinks and purples and blues, are super pretty. Yeah. Would you play this, Barrett? Oh, yeah. I'm super excited for this one. They've been showing this game for about a year now. Yeah. First time I've seen it. It looks good. I like the colors. You said there's a demo up? There is a demo? No, oh, I thought that's what you said. Oh, no. I mean, they've been showing uh, it at shows, at trade shows, so like E3, PAX, etc. You're on a rail, I'm guessing, right? With it looks like it, yeah. Sword, our heroine defeats the stereo it's level. Real, I, I like the art style she a lot. A piece of her heart trying to, trying to think what it reminds me of. We hope you enjoy Sayonara Wild Hearts on Apple Arcade. I like that these Thank demos you. are quick. In the, in the past, when yeah. we demoed game stuff at Apple, I'll have some guy from Epic come out and give you like a 20-minute demo of a game, and it just gets it just what gets awesome so boring. These three just get the games in and out. Join so many more amazing All right, who we got? New games to this Apple is quite a list. This year. Devolver, Raw Fury. Oh, it's gone now. Man, that was so quick. Yeah, you got to get a screenshot somebody's, of that. Somebody's got a screenshot September 19th, so that is uh, nine days away. Next week. That is next um, and that's in next over Thursday. 150 countries around the world. 150 we'll countries. What's the pricing? 100 new games to our launch catalog in the weeks ahead. So how much does unlimited access to all ten bucks a month? Four ninety nine is the rumor. Just four. Whoa! Damn, a family for a family subscription. That's wow. actually six, really sweet. They set up to six people on a subscription. All right, I'm in. They've got for five bucks a month. They've definitely got me in. Oh my god, my kid's gonna love this. One month free trial. 
Nice. My kid is going to love this. We hope you have a blast playing all the incredible games on Apple Arcade. Thanks, and back to you, Tim. Now, they didn't say anything about Apple TV support. Maybe they didn't. I uh, maybe they it. did at the beginning. Yeah, you want to maybe, I can maybe pull oh, up. Oh, no, look, look, they're showing all the devices look phone, laptop, mm-hmm. iPad, and the big TV. We can't wait to start playing when it launches later this month. Next up, let's talk about Apple TV Plus. Okay. All right, we can Thank move you so on. much, Barrett, for cutting over. I'm glad that we got that at the top of the show. I yeah, almost feel that like was I perfect. should. I almost feel like I should do the rigmarole again. But <laughs> good timing, Tim. I, Thanks a lot, Tim. I do, Apple. Kids know what it I do is. have to do the housekeeping, though. Um, so thank you guys for your patience. Of course, we did want to make sure we get that Apple announcement in at the top of the Roper Report, but we haven't even technically got to yet. That timing actually worked out pretty great, though. It did. It did. If I had only like been on top of my business <laughs> and we hadn't dallied at all, we might have been able to hit it exactly right. So let's just go. Go ahead and dive right into housekeeping. It's my final week, as you guys know. I'm here today. I know it's sad. I'm here today with Gary, and then tomorrow um, is my final KFGD with Greg. Um, I'm doing my episode of We Have Cool Friends. You guys can send in questions to Patreon. Oh, you're going to be the cool friend? I am going to be the cool friend. Oh, that's great. And then when are you actually on a jet plane? Um, Saturday. Well, actually not. We're driving down. Okay. So, yeah, because i got to bring the cats down. Oh, uh, so, yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't want to bring them on a plane. I also have my car, you know. Right, right, right. i got to bring. I got to bring my studio PC. There's a bunch of stuff that I don't want to go on the moving truck that I want to hand carry. You I know, understand. Fair enough. Documents yeah. and things like that. Yep. Um, so I'm also doing the games cast, which, of course, if you are a patron at patreon.com slash games, you can watch live uh, tomorrow at 2 p.m. That's going to be the original crew, me, Tim, Greg and Fran one last time together. So it's going to be a long day of shooting tomorrow, but it's going to be fun. Uh, if you guys missed it yesterday, the game director for Destiny 2, Luke Smith from Bungie, was in the office and we shot a very fun episode of We Have Cool Friends with Luke. It was me and Greg. Had a really great conversation and that is up, of course, at youtube.com slash kindoffunny or on podcast services. And... We are excited to announce that Kinda Funny is partnering with StackUp, an awesome nonprofit serving the active military and veteran gaming communities. They will be providing two lucky veterans from the U.S. or the Allied Nations from the Best Friend community a trip to attend London as part of the meetup of the Kinda Funny World Tour. So this is a really cool partnership that Kinda Funny is doing with StackUp. If you are a veteran that's part of the Best Friend community and you want to be considered to be going to the Kind of Funny World Tour, you got to go to kindoffunny.com slash veterans and complete the application. Two entrants will be selected and will be contacted by StackUp around the end of September. So you guys don't have much time to submit your application. So again, kindoffunny.com slash veterans if you are a U.S. or allied vet and you want a chance to win a trip to meet the Kind of Funny crew in London. That's Thank a you. terrific organization, by the way, Stack Up. I met those guys at PAX, and I'm gonna, I had a conversation with them about how I can get involved and help them. And uh, you should go to stackup.org and check out what they do. They do all kinds of amazing stuff to support active service and, 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 and veteran military. Um, that copy of Space Rocks that I just had you sign, we auctioned that for Stack Up. Somebody paid 500 bucks for that. That's fantastic. Yeah, so we're, I'm doing already trying, trying to get involved and, uh, and help them... Uh, raise some money and some awareness. I'm glad that Kind of Funny is getting involved as well because it's a great cause. They are. We've had Dave Krause here on uh, KFGD before. He's fantastic as well. And, you know, Kind of Funny and both What's Good Games have done a lot with StackUp in the past. So, again, as Gary mentioned, stackup.org is where you can learn more about their mission. Thank you to our Patreon producers, patreon.com slash re-retro-games, Blackjack and Muhammad Muhammad. And today we're brought to you by Hims, Manscaped, and Quip, but we'll tell you more about that later. For now, let's get into what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Four items on the Roper Report. A very late because doesn't. Indeed. And then that item number one, of course, is the Apple Arcade event, which we just watched live here on the show. Just do you want to do, do a quick postmortem on that? Like what your thoughts are? Yeah, yeah, I would love to. So just a quick recap of what we got. Uh, Q Games and Konami came out and announced Frogger is going to be available exclusively on Apple Arcade at launch. Uh, Capcom announced Into the Depths, which looks like a platform Metroidvania type underwater game. And Annapurna Interactive announced that Sinar Wild Hearts will also be coming to Apple Arcade. The launch date is September 19th and it will launch in 150 countries with 100 new games to join the launch catalog by September 19th. Did they and say the how many, come, sorry, did they say how many would be available on launch day? They probably have that in a blog somewhere it. or that might be a follow-up question, but uh, maybe that's a kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong for all of our 
our friends watching at Twitch. Yeah, if anyone was actually watching the keynote and paying attention, let us know how many games will be available on launch day. Yeah, because she said 100 new games to join the launch catalog in the coming weeks. Right. Uh, So we don't know exactly what that means. Uh, But we did get the price, $4.99 a month for a family subscription, which I believe accommodates up to six people. And you can also try it for one month for free. I think that's pretty good. $4.99. Yeah, it's a great price. Because most mobile games generally average... One ninety nine to three ninety nine, I right. would say, uh, with the more expensive ones, of course, going up to like your nine ninety nine. So if you only play above. one or two games a month, you're basically getting your it's paying for itself, right? In yeah, terms of what you pay to buy the games. Absolutely, and I think it's a great way to encourage people to explore the vast library of games on the App Store. I've always been a big proponent of mobile games um, here at Kind of Funny, and I think that there's a lot of really cool, interesting work being done there. And I would like to see more big publishers do unique experiences for mobile, not just porting games. I think it's great that a publisher like Annapurna Interactive is porting something like Sayonara Wild Hearts. As we were watching the demo, we said, hey, this makes sense for mobile, but I would like to see more big studios develop specifically for uh, mobile platforms. You touched, on, you touched on a good point. I do think it's going to be a great way to get people to sample more uh, mobile. There's a lot. There's a lot of amazing stuff out there on mobile that a lot, a lot of us never play. It's a, there's a weird thing that's happened over the years. I think like our our definition of value has become really really skewed by like the free app economy. I look at games all the time. Oh, that could be cool. Oh, but it's four bucks. And I get and I get and I and I get weird over spending four bucks on a game, even though that's a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, so I tip the pizza guy four or five bucks. I don't even think about it. But like four bucks for a game, I, go, oh, I don't know. What if I don't like it? It's four bucks I've wasted. But if I'm paying five bucks a month and I can try anything unlimited, I feel like I'll try many more games, and that's a good thing. Absolutely, and it's one of those things that I think a lot of people will sign up and then maybe forget that they have it, right. and then you know, hopefully we'll come back. But Apple supposedly has a whole team that's going to be curating games yeah. just for Apple Arcade. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what they do what they do because right now they have a team that currently does that for you know the app, the app store. store. When yeah. you pull it up it'll have like the new and noteworthy and staff picks. Yeah, the et cetera, curation et is actually really good. It is, but the real problem, though, is that there's just so many games that discoverability remains a major issue for developers who work in the mobile markets. So. Right, and, and the fact that every game has its own price barrier, mm-hmm. right? A lot of these games don't come with... A lot, a lot of games are free with in-app purchases, but then I'm always also skeptical about in-app purchases in games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to spend four bucks to try a game because I'm just weirdly cheap about it, but if I'm paying five bucks... Um, and the curation is, hey, maybe you'd like this, maybe you'd like that. Then I'll, I'll try a bunch of new games, especially if I can play them on Apple TV with my controller. My kid is going to, just my kid alone, it'll be worth five bucks a month for all the games that she'll be able to play. It's interesting how it feels like everybody's getting into the subscription business these days. Yeah. But can the market sustain it all, Gary? I mean, I think what Apple is doing is, I mean, you know, there's, there's a big discussion to be had over on the TV side in terms of Apple TV Plus, Prime Video, Netflix, Disney Plus. Like, there's a big, there's a storm coming. There's a big war coming. And I personally, my personal feeling is that Netflix will not survive that war. They will end up getting bought by Apple or Disney or Amazon or someone like that. Because if you think about what's, about this big storm that's brewing, um, all the people that are coming up to the table, Disney... Amazon, Apple, I've all, I've all got massive trillion dollar, you know, armies that they can bring to bear. Netflix doesn't have that. They have like, a, you know, a few billion dollars in VC money. They're going to get absolutely destroyed. My theory with Netflix, and I think Netflix is great, is that all the big content deals they're continuing to make, they're not preparing themselves for the war to come. They're fattening the pig for slaughter. Like they want to they make, make Netflix be as valuable as possible so it. they can then sell it. Mm. And you've got to remember why Netflix is worth so much money. It's not all that amazing content. It's not just the brand name, which is both, the, 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 you know what I think the most valuable part of Netflix's uh, property is? It's all the data in the analytics. You right, get all the of that too. Base. Oh my God, not, not just the subscriber base, but everything you know about the subscribers, who they are, what they watch, how often they watch things. How long that, they're watching it how for. How long they're watching it for. That's mm-hmm. all information that can then get parlayed into you know Disney or Apple or whatever. Uh, that's my that's my one off theory for like the next prediction for the next few years is that Netflix will sell to one of the other big players for a lot of money. I think this is a, a a really good theory you have, Gary. I'm with you because it does feel like they're building an exit strategy. Because if you look at the lineup of stuff that they have coming down the pipeline, they just can't sustain the overwhelming amount of production budgets. They're like hemorrhaging money on production. Right. So Netflix doesn't make money. I no, mean, they're like, as far as I heard last, 
Like, they're very far in the hole. Yeah. And they just don't have the kind of war chest that Apple and Disney and Amazon do because mm. they're backed up by these much bigger companies. Netflix, that's all they do is a streaming service. That's their whole thing. Do they send them? Maybe they still send discs in the mail. I don't remember. No, they don't. They don't do that anymore? As far as I'm aware, of course, kind of funny. Do you remember those back wrong. in the day? Oh, yeah. I got Netflix discs all the time. Because streaming wasn't a thing, and if you were able to even stream something on Netflix, it was constant buffering. Yeah, and it was like it was just it would buffer like every like few minutes. It was so frustrating. Yeah, and like all they had was like that '70s show. But like, what Apple is it. doing, yeah, <laughs> 70s but show. what Apple is doing with Apple Arcade, there's not a lot of. It's not like every, usually what happens is everyone else is doing something, and then Apple gets in with their offering. And their offering is usually better and more polished and has a better brand, and so they end up winning. But I think that I think I, I think Apple is actually the first mover. Like, who else is doing this kind of thing? Like, you know, like unlimited games for a subscription that you know that are going to run all your devices, and they're they're all like top tier games. I think this is actually a pretty new thing that Apple is doing. I mean, the closest thing, of course, is I would say Xbox Game Pass, right? Right, especially with the PC integration, being able to play. And once XCloud launches, if Game Pass is part of XCloud, which I believe is going to be, then that to me is the real competitor for Apple Arcade. But also, those are different gaming experiences. Most of the things you play in your phone don't rival something you would play in your PC or your Xbox One, right? right. So I think it's a different type of game for potentially a different type of gamer, or it's a additional experience or added benefit for people who like to play both types of games. Someone like me, who loves my Xbox One and who also likes to play games on my phone, I would absolutely pay for both because I think the value proposition is there and it's worth I mean, it. I wouldn't expect to be playing Gears 5 on my iPhone, but you know, that under see, I mean, you know, for a while now, the games that, that, that you can play on an iPad are as good as anything that you'll play, that, that, like Cuphead or anything you'll play like from the indie side on Xbox. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they're at that level. Mm-hmm. The idea that I can play a game on my TV and then I, I imagine this is how it'll work. It sh- I imagine they have like cross platform continuity right i can i can play frogger at home go take a bus ride pick up my iphone and presumably pick up my game from where i left most off? games do connect to game center that way right. so you have your game center login which is tied to your icloud account and so if you connect your if you're logged into game center while you're playing a game for the most part um, the vast majority of games have implemented a cloud save system so you can pick up. But I don't believe that's a universal feature baked into the platform. I think that developers have to opt into that. So um, that's another kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you know the exact details on that. But that's my understanding of what I've experienced when I play on mobile. But I also don't swap between games. The only game that I've really swapped between my iPad and my iPhone recently has been Legend of Soul Guard and even that I haven't played recently because I got, I, you know, I was on my Lego Tower kick forever and then I was like, I think I reached my maximum capacity and needed to take a break. But speaking of subscriptions and cloud-based gaming, our next two stories are all about that. Well, we were just talking about Apple, so let's talk about Google Stadia. They are going to offer game trials after launch. Matt Perslow over at IGN writes that Google has stated its intention to offer trials of premium games on its Stadia streaming service once the platform has been launched. Talking on a recent episode of StadiaCast, Stadia's head of product, John Justice, explained that trials are high up on the list for Google's plans after the cloud service launched in November. Quote, I think if you are look, I think if you look at our plan to make as many people be able to try this as possible, you want people, whether they're already on Stadia, to let them go discover new games, new things, stuff you haven't tried, he said. And then also people who, if you haven't given it a try, we want to let you jump in as easily as you can. So I think both of those things are trials we want to support. Public perception of Stadia is currently mixed with a lot of hesitation coming down to the perceived instability that may result due to relying on cloud rather than physical console lag. Dropouts and bandwidth are all problems associated with streaming video. And it's natural that people may fear how this could affect gaming. As such, it seems a sensible idea to allow people to both uh, to try both the service and games in order to allow them to see if Stadia is a worthwhile investment. Stadia itself will provide a free-of-charge base version in 2020, so presumably trials of Stadia itself would relate to the Pro version, which provides 4K-quality gaming. Stadia Pro subscriptions are set to offer some games as part of the package, but many games will require a standalone purchase. This makes game trials all the more attractive, and combined with the free base version of Stadia, creates an effective demo situation. What do you think about Stadia? Hit or miss. Make a prediction. Well, I've been on Camp Miss for a long time. So yeah. I, I I mean, I have since it was originally announced. Everyone who watches KFGD knows this. So I made, went out of my way to make sure to talk to the Google Stadia team at PAX West this year. They had a big booth there. They did. So they reached out and said, hey, do you want to come 
try Mortal Kombat 11 um, or Doom Eternal on Stadia. And I said, yeah, I'll come see. Um, I've heard nothing but good things. And so I played Mortal Kombat for a few minutes on the phone. And I was like, listen, I know that this game is going to look good. I know that you guys are locked to this very specific demo situation in the convention center because of the way the internet is set up. You can't really do like a trial like you would if I was like in the right. lobby How of a hotel. How do you know that's really simulating real world conditions? You don't. So what I'd have to do is take their PR team at their word that they constrained the internet to 25 megabits per second, which is what they told me they did in the demo. Uh, the game looked great. Played great. Personally, I don't want to play a game like Mortal Kombat on my phone. Um, the controller to me just didn't feel uh, the kind of. How are you playing it? I was with playing it controls? with the no with the oh. Stadia controller. But then, how are you doing that and also looking at the phone? Um, so they had it on a stand. Okay. So there's a lot of going. I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of accessories, little that, gizmos that attach the phone to exactly, the controller. Exactly, because they already exist for right. for phones right now right. that attach uh, controllers. As you can have a stand for your phone, or you can get like a kickstand, etc. Um, so that's how I was playing it with it on the phone. But the thing I asked them, so I asked them a, a, a number of questions. Um, my biggest question, of course, was. How is the controller going to work with input leg versus a Bluetooth? I said, do you guys have data around whether the the latency issues between your Wi-Fi based controller and Bluetooth based, based controllers that already exist, like a DualShock or an Xbox One controller? And they said, no, we don't have data on that that we're, we're sharing at this time. My guess is they have the data. They just don't want to share it. I'm sure someone like Digital Foundry is going to be first on the ground to make sure that those numbers get tested once Stadia Pro launches in November. So that was a question I had. I said, if you're going to push a game like Mortal Kombat where input lag is absolutely critical for the competitive scene, or really even just people who are playing against each other locally, nobody wants lag on a fighting game. Um, you know, that's something that consumers are going to want to know about. Um, I, I wanted to test it you know, in a variety of factors. I asked them a bunch of questions about the Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi security. I said, so what if Gary and I are sitting at the same table and we both have our iPhones, we have Stadia running, we've got our, our controller side by side, is there going to to be confusion with the Wi-Fi controllers communicating with our phones. Did you actually say Gary and I? Because that was kind of that's sweet <laughs> if you were thinking of me, thinking of me like that way. Like, what if Gary and I wanted to play games? Well, I said Lexi and I because okay, she was the right. one who was in the demo booth with me. But um, what they said is that your Google controller is going to be tied to your Google account. Okay, and so hypothetically, if everything's working as it should, your controller should only communicate with the account that your um, controllers associated with on the device that you're logged in as. Right. Um, but you can be technically logged in in your Google account on multiple devices at the same time. So there's just like a lot of questions that I had that really they weren't ready to talk about yet or we're just going to have to wait and try it once the game or in the uh, platform actually launches. So, I really wanted to see the UI. I said, can you show me the marketplace? Can you show me how I'm going to be able to buy games? Right. Because it's launching in a couple of months and they showed me none of they it. They didn't show you any of the, the, the UX, the front end? No. Okay. Nothing, nothing, Gary. They I know, showed I know, I, 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 I mean, I've seen like mock-ups of that. I know that they have shown some of that stuff. Yeah, but that's why I wanted to see, like I said, if you guys are like 60 days out, hypothetically from launch, yeah. 60 to 90 days, like your UI has got to be hopefully mostly locked so you're in polish phase, but they would not show me any of it. They're like, so we're not demoing that today. Did the bottom line, did the did your experience at PAX and the demo and the whole thing, did it change your perception of it at all? Uh, a little bit. I think for me, I'm on the fence of Stadia of I really want it to work. Right. I really want it to be awesome. I really want it to be successful. I want it to work as best as it can. The thing that I will I took away from my conversation that made me feel better about it was that they are working as as hard as they can to get that megabits per second uh, bandwidth number as low as humanly possible. They said, you know, it's our priority to make sure that this works on as many internet systems as possible and that it works with as many different ISPs as possible. We want people to have the best streaming experience. And like the tech is super cool. Like one of the things that I really thought was neat about it is this idea that if you're buy your game on Stadia, you never have to download a patch again. There's, right. no, there's no waiting to install new things. There's no copying to your hard drive. None of that. Everything's instant, which is you, great. You boot up Destiny 2 on Stadia and bam, it's just always available, always ready. You're never downloading additional things ever. So I think that's a really cool uh, proposition because I know we've all wasted hours of time downloading updates. And so the idea that I never have to worry about that is pretty cool. So I really want it to work. I really want it to be successful. I just, you know, I'm just skeptical. But I think that they're going to have a little bit of a rough patch at the beginning. And that's to be expected whenever you launch a brand new innovative technology like Stadia is doing. I just, 
I want to see more. And that I'm just concerned that we're this close to launch and they weren't showing me any of the actual platform. They just showed me a game I've already seen. Right. So I think that ultimately they're obviously going to put a lot of marketing dollars behind this. They're going to mm-hmm. do a lot of snazzy, um, you know, stuff to really kind of push this on. Ultimately, I think a lot of that's not going to matter. It's right. going to launch and it's, it's either going to work as advertised or not. And that's going to be the story. Like day two, like day one of Google Stadia, all the headlines on Polygon, Qatar, the kind of stuff that you'll be talking about on Kind of Funny is either going to be, oh my God, it actually, it, it, they did it. It works. It's brilliant. Like even on a, even on a mid-range internet connection, it, mm-hmm. it's flawless or not. And that's, and that's ultimately, and you know, out of the, out of the gate, that's not necessarily the be all and end all, you know, some, again, sometimes it takes a few months for these things to find their feet. I still remember you know, every single MMO that comes out, every big online game that comes out, shits the bed right out of the gate, right? Don't play it. Don't play a True. big online game on day one because you're going to be waiting. Wow. Classic. We're all waiting in queues again. You know, like this mm-hmm. stuff happens over and over. It doesn't they, they never seem to solve that problem. Here's the, so I, I have a little bit of an insight. I don't mind me sharing this because it's positive, but I had a little bit of the inside of track I have from Google uh, and from the Stadia people is that they're engineering. And again, this is obviously just what I'm hearing from. So of course, they're going to tell me this, uh, but they're very confident that their engineering is is just phenomenal. And that, and it will it will meet or exceed expectations. Like you, on day one, you'll go, "Holy shit, it, it fucking works!" Like this is flawless. That's that's what they're t- telling me. They they're confident is going to happen, and that had better happen because again, if it doesn't, all the marketing dollars in the world won't save them. Right. I want to believe that to be true because I love Google products in general. Like when you boot up Gmail, it just works. Right. Right. When you use Google apps and in Google interfaces around the web, like the stuff, it just works, you know, and like it's very rare that I pull up Google Maps, for example, to get directions somewhere and like Google Maps isn't working. And usually if it's not working, it's not because Google Maps is down. It's because my Internet connection is down. So I'm with you that I think of all of the people who make technological products in this world, Google is best equipped to do there's three or four like companies this. in the world that, right. that can do this and google is one of them absolutely yeah so let's I'm, cross I'm, our fingers gary that I'm in, it's gonna I'm, go flawlessly I'm in, I'm, in the, I'm in at the founders level i bought the founder pack i'm we the sucker too, yeah. or we'll give it a try again i want i'm with you i want it to work i desperately believe that it i because i think if it does work it will be a huge game changer and xcloud and everything will come behind it i think if this is the way that we play games in the future no patches no installing just boom it's there and you can play anywhere on the go it's going to be brilliant and we'll, and we'll look back on where we are to, how, how did we ever play remember when we had to install games and wait for patches like what were we thinking i'm hoping that this is going to be the new the new normal i just wish that it was the Apple Arcade model. And for what I paid every month, I got everything. I don't like the fact that I have to pay a subscription and then buy titles a la carte on top of that. Well, they're going to include some games in the subscription service, very much like PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live Gold. Right. But they just can't. They, there's no way that they can give games for free on Google Stadia. It's just not possible. Think of a publisher like Take-Two Interactive. They're never going to give GTA Five away for free. Right. Like there's no amount of money that Google could probably give Take Two, short of like five billion dollars or more. Even that seems low for how much GTA is worth. Um, will they be able to pack in a game like that into their service? Same with Call of Duty. You know, same with FIFA. Those franchises are just worth too much money on a individual unit sale basis. Yeah. So that's just it's not going to be possible. No, I think I think you're right. I'm, pr- I'm, pr- I'm probably I'm probably wishing for too much. So my hope, then my, my my more realistic hope then is mm-hmm. that even though like the top tier games will always be a la carte purchases, just like they are in every other platform, that they the, it's the same as like they said the comparison that you that you made is PlayStation Plus, Xbox Game Pass. That whatever the the the, the games that come with the subscription, I just hope that there's enough of those to make it feel like you're getting something for the subscription. Absolutely. I'm with you that they need to bring the price of the 4K entry level down eventually. I understand why it's high at launch. What are they charging right now? So you have to pay for Pro, which is $14.99 a month. Okay. So if you think about it, after your first year, you've sunk $180 into the platform to play games in 4K, which you can do on you know, both Xbox One and PS4 right now. That's part of the included price when you buy the console. So I think that's the thing that they're going to struggle with in year two when, you know, the new consoles come out in 2020, hypothetically. is like, how are they going to continue to justify paying for access to 4K gaming when it's built into the other platforms already? Right. I think that at a certain point, they're either going to have to grandfather early adopters in, people who, you know, got the Founders Edition, or they're going to have to lower that monthly subscription price for 4K access. 
that was my kind of big gripe is like, I can't believe that they're, you know, kind of gatekeeping 4K behind, you know, this subscription price, unless they're going to add all of these extra bells and whistles that you get along with that price, you know, per month. The other because 180 other, bucks a year is not an insignificant amount of no, money. No, it's not. The other way to look at it, and this is the this is the, 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 the scenario that I'm sure Google would prefer, is if it does work as out, if it does meet or exceed expectations and people are blown, oh my God, this is the new way to play games. How can we ever go back? Mm-hmm. And then a year later the PlayStation 5 and, and, and the Xbox Scarlet come out. And if they don't have something similar, if they're if they're if they're whatever X Cloud or whatever, I'm sure PlayStation's working on something as well. If they don't have something to offer that, they, those those machines are going to look antiquated out of the gate. People are like, why would I why would I go buy discs and install games when I'm when I'm like boom instant over here? That I mean that that's that that would be a win for Google if they can pull that off. Well, Gary, again, it all it comes it's it's either going to work as advertised or not, and that's all that matters. Yep. November, you guys. November. That's when it all happens. Speaking of cloud gaming, our next cloud gaming story, Electronic Arts launches surprise cloud gaming test. Colin Campbell writes this up over at Polygon. Electronic Arts is running a public two-week test of its streaming game service Project Atlas. Beginning tonight, which was yesterday, at uh, Monday at 10 p.m. Pacific time, players who sign up for the test and who are signed up to EA's retail portal, Origin, will be offered a chance to play four EA games via the cloud. FIFA 19, Need for Speed Rivals, Titanfall 2, and Unravel. In a post on Medium today, EA's Chief Technology Officer Ken Moss wrote, We'll be taking an important step in this learning journey as we host an exclusive external trial for our players to experience games streamed through EA's cloud technology. Last year, Moss unveiled Project Atlas, a unified publishing platform that includes cloud gaming. Moss stated that more than a thousand people are working on the new technology at EA, which he describes as an engine plus services platform. The new trial is available to users of various platforms, including Mac, smart TVs, tablet, PC, OTT, and smart phones. So OTT is essentially like those apps that you find on a variety of your other devices. Our goal is to gather more inputs at scale to test performance and quality of service in a variety of network conditions and on multiple serving server routines routing scenarios, excuse me. While this particular trial will be focused on cloud gaming on PC, we're also working to understand performance across multiple other devices. Most importantly, we are here to learn how to improve and enhance the cloud gaming experience for our players. And BJ Bernardo writes into patreon.com slash kindoffanygames and says, Hi, y'all. With EA dropping their own cloud gaming service, I got a question. Are we likely to have the cloud gaming market be just like our streaming TV market, i.e. Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Plus, etc., where we just have way too many subscription services? Or do you see Stadia, xCloud, and another taking over the cloud gaming space? What would it take for one or a few of the cloud gaming services to establish dominance over the others? Thanks and good luck in LA, Andrea. And Gary, never leave us, you beautiful man. Aww. What do you think, Gary? So this, uh, so this is their stadia, basically. Um, sort of. It's different because they're not pushing it as um, a hardware and platform complementary service like Stadia is. Like a lot of Stadia's kind of bells and whistles around the controller have to do with connecting directly to like Google Assistant, connecting to YouTube, connecting to your Google account, and really like merging all of those services together. Right. Um, and obviously, Google ads are going to be served to you based off what you're playing. I have no doubt whatsoever. Um, so I don't think that part of it, EA, is going to be bringing into the fold. But, you know, Andrew Wilson did talk about this at EA play last year which of course for the record I hosted uh, disclaimer and so when it comes to EA's cloud gaming service I actually don't know very much about it they've been really holding their cards close to their chest on this one so I think it's interesting that they just kind of like like surprise you want to try it out here it is um, it's an interesting mix of games I think it's smart of them to put FIFA in there obviously they're our most popular franchise worldwide um, something like Titanfall 2 which has a lot of you know fast paced mechanics and latency is important especially in PvP um, and then a little indie title like Unravel is an interesting choice but I'm, I'm glad they tossed it in there too so I mean but it's similar to, it's similar to Stadia in the sense that you're, you're decoupling the game from the need to have like a specific piece of hardware sitting Correct. on your TV right right so the idea would be that if you're playing cloud gaming, like let's say you have an Origin Premiere account or whatever. I don't know how they're going to bundle in the cloud services. They haven't talked about it at all. Um, hypothetically, let's just like go down a, a road where you get this premium account with, with EA Access or EA Origin, and then you get access to cloud gaming. You could play on your phone, on your PC, on your tablet, just like you would Stadia as well. Right. I don't think, to, to BJ Bernardo's point here, I don't think... 
I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doom and gloom about the people going, oh, we've got too many subscription services. I think what we're going to end up with is basically just, a, just an online version of the kind of television that we grew up with. And what I mean by that is instead of, instead of ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox, you'll have Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Apple+, Plus, Amazon, and then, down, and then you know, those will be like your four main networks. And then beyond that, you'll have your little cable channels, like, you know, more, more, more specific things like, you know, Shudder and BritBox and Criterion Channel and things that, you know, specifically are for people that have a very specific taste. Um, but I, 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 I think, yeah, you t- the, the NBC and ABC, they're all, they're all eventually going to go away. And, mm-hmm. you know, you turn on the TV and it's like, well, what's on Netflix? What's on uh, Apple TV? What's on Apple TV Plus? What's on Disney Plus? And it will just be a different kind of the same shit we grew up with. Yeah, I think this idea of, you know, the fragmentation of media is really just allowing people to pay for the things they want and not packaging in filler. I don't think you're going to end up saving money in the long run unless you only like watching one or two specific things. But if you like a wide variety of things, like if you're like me and you like watching the NFL and you pay for NFL Sunday tickets, digital pass. And if you have, you know, going to have Disney Plus and Netflix and then you want to watch the shows on Amazon Prime. It's like by the time I add up all of my monthly subscriptions, my it's almost as much as my cable bill, just minus the DVR fees, because that was the first thing to go when we were switching cable companies. It's like, we don't even watch the yeah. DVR and then anymore because everything's on, on demand. Yeah. Then you got to put your ISP on top of that as well, like actually paying for the internet that gets you those services. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were paying for that regardless. Even if you had cable, you still had to pay for your ISP on top of that. Well, so. I mean, I, sw- I, I, I ditched Comcast last year and switched over to Sonic. I get gig internet for 40 bucks a month. Um, and That's I, impressive. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good deal. And I pay for, um, I probably pay for, probably like, like seven or eight different, like the main ones, Netflix, uh, you know, Hulu, uh, Prime. I mean, Prime obviously comes with Prime that we get anyway right. for the free shipping and all that shit. But I pay for a few other smaller ones like Shudder and BritBox and some of the more specific one things, just things that I specifically like. I've never added it up, but I guarantee you it's less than I used to pay for Comcast, a lot less. Oh, yeah, because you're part of your Comcast bill is baking in the cost of the hardware that you're renting right, from them, right, right? right? So if you get rid of that, you definitely save. But... I think my point was that there's so many subscription services now. We were just talking about things you watch. We didn't even add in, you know, Game Pass. Yeah. You know, PlayStation Plus, Apple Arcade, all of these other gaming services that a lot of people who watch this show um, also pay for on top of all of the things you just I've mentioned. Ne- I've never actually done it, but I think if I took a real inventory and looked at everything I pay for, because I have Game Pass Ultimate, I have uh, PlayStation Plus. I have, you know, all the obvious Netflix and, 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 gold, yeah. and, and a few other like things. That I pay for a couple of subscription services. I don't. Need, I, I I pray to like have them, but like I've gone months without using them. Right. And if I added it, that's all how they get up, you, Gary. <laughs> Apple Music for Family Plan is fourteen ninety nine a month, and it all. I, if you said me here, if somebody did like the full inventory and said, "Here's what you actually pay," I'd be like, "Oh shit, that's a lot." <laughs> yeah. It probably adds up to more than I realize. Yeah. But that's how they get you because you're only paying little bits at a time. You don't. You're not thinking about what the overall bill is. Exactly. Now you're Unless making you're me want to go check my bank accounts. Well, <laughs> see if, you're the, if you're a I sensible have. person, like, do you balance your checkbook? Do you like have like good family? accounting at home do you I know do. What, your, what your incomings and outgoings are well because i have to balance the books for two small businesses right i have to manage my budget pretty closely but when it comes to my personal finances i'm not as diligent about balancing the books every month i usually check in once a quarter or twice a year and then i have like a long sit down with my quickbooks account and you know reconcile everything so are you the financial brains of the family i am okay yes. yeah it's not john is it no, well, listen, <laughs> John is way smarter than I am. John is the best at math. I'm actually like really terrible at math unless I have a calculator in front of me. Um, I'm the same. I can't even do basic arithmetic. He can do arithmetic. crazy math, like just like out of the blue. Like you give him like this wild number and he's like, he does the calculations. It's like a beautiful mind and then bam, he just like does it. He's really, really good at math. But who is the more financially prudent of the two of you? Honestly, he one of the things that was really attractive about John is how fiscally responsible he was. Really? Wow. Even with all those shoes? Yeah, even with all those <laughs> shoes. You know why? Because he works an ungodly amount, Barrett. Yeah, that's his that's real fair. problem is that's that fair. he works way too many hours. <laughs> and because of that, he treats himself with fancy sneakers. Mm. As he should. He's working it. way too many hours, Self-care. playing too much, way, uh, way too much Beatles rock band. You know. I know, but it was all, it was all for the no, kids, no, though, for extra life. No, I'm just giving 
Uh, if you guys missed it, by the way, uh, John was featured on the Giant Bomb stream where they uh, celebrated the 10-year anniversary of Beatles Rock Band what a game. over the weekend. Fantastic game. Beautiful. Um, and so a lot of the Harmonic team was posting game. memories. And so they did a, this long stream over on Giant Bomb raising money for Extra Life. So I, It's so funny. I hadn't thought about it in a long time because the 10-year anniversary happened. I remember thinking, holy shit, like, I went, I went out and I bought the fucking uh, George Harrison uh, guitar that came with yeah. it. There was an extra one for Beatles Rock Band. And I remember like, they, they did a phenomenal job on Beatles Rock Band. And I, remember, I, I never know. I would love to read like a, maybe someone did it. Um, but I would love to read like a whole oral history of like the making of Beatles Rock Band uh, sometime. Because especially with, with, with a property like the Beatles where they're so protective of that license and how it's represented. Um, you know, that to get Yoko and everyone on board, it just seemed like that. It seemed like a phenomenal achievement. And then for it to be a great game as well at the end of it. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, no, I I can't say enough good things about that game. But Gary, we've been going pretty long here today. So Barrett, why don't you uh, ping Tim? I'm going to do this last. I'm going to do this last story really quick in the Roper Report. Uh, KFC is apparently creating a Colonel Sanders dating sim. All right. Uh, Nicole Carpenter over Polygon writes that yes, the fast food restaurant is reportedly working on a video game with developer Psyop. The fried chicken connoisseurs are releasing a dating simulator. I love you, Colonel Sanders. A finger licking good dating simulator is the name, you guys. I'm not making this up. The game popped up on Steam this morning as coming soon. From the same people who brought you the bucket of chicken comes the world's first Colonel Sanders dating simulator, the description reads. I love you, Colonel Sanders. A finger-licking good dating simulator will put players in control of a promising culinary student who's studying alongside a young Colonel Sanders. While looking for love, you've got to make it through the culinary school, too. If you're lucky, Colonel Sanders might even take you on as a business partner. Of the nine characters, there's also a dog who is also a professor at the culinary school. Fuck yeah. So uh, KFC says that there are multiple hours of gameplay, a secret ending, and recipes. There are cooking battles, 11 herbs and spices, and plenty of cute miniature food. The listing reminds potential players of a few times that, yes, KFC really did make this game. Neither KFC nor Syop have responded to Polygon's inquiries before publication time. The companies haven't posted anything to social media yet either. I Um, like it. Yes, and uh, to clear this up, Bortzen00 because he wrote in and clarified his name. Says, uh, good morning, Andrew and Gary. Want to hear your guys' thoughts on the KFC getting into the video game market. Uh, why is this a thing? <laughs> but, like, I know KFC is big in Japan, but still why? <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it. First of all, I love KFC. As anyone yeah. looking at me, as anyone watching this on video can probably tell, they probably need me, need me to tell you that I love me Gary, some... you're I a lo- beautiful person. What are you talking about? I, love, I, I do love me some KFC chicken. I do actually think it's the best fried chicken. I know there are many fried chicken connoisseurs out there that will disagree with that, but I love those 11 herbs and spices. I, mm. do, I, do, I do love me some, some, some kernel. No, yeah. ori- no, original. You like crispy? Yeah, crispy. No, Tim, no, you, no, you want to no. get in on this debate? Spicy crispy, baby. No, yeah, no, no, crispy. no. <laughs> Mr. The Dreamcast is overrated. You, you, you have lost all... <laughs> all equity with me like your opinions mean nothing no, to me anymore I used to have so much respect for you Tim yeah. all pissed away in a moment on KFGD yesterday Dreamcast all gone has like two all games, gone Gary. you're gonna have to work very hard to get respect back with me um, <laughs> but I love KFC and I love weird and wacky dating sim like something like, this has been this is a big emerge. this is a big trendy genre and like, stuff like Dream Daddy uh, one of my favorite games at PAX was a game called Later Daters which was a, a dating sim set in a retirement oh I home. saw the photo Gary oh my god I dressed up as an old lady to get a pin it was great it was I actually saw. a really cool looking game you know there's a cat dating sim out there a monster dating the sim the best friends dating sim with the dog owners right and this mm-hmm. is and this is and this is the the next and it also kind of reminds me of when uh, remember when Burger King got into the video game market for a while where like they, you could get Sneak, uh, King. Sneak King and Hell stuff yeah. like that and um, the weirdest fucking yeah game that was some weird shit but some of those games are actually kind of cool well Gary how Colonel Sanders <laughs> is going to find love <laughs> remains to be seen I would normally do a segue here into new dates, but because we're running so long, this is where I tell you that you can write in to be part of the show for reader mail at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where you can also get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, we've got some partners here. Oh, is Tim coming on camera Tim's to do coming this? coming on camera. Because I want to tell you guys about Manscaped. Our sponsor for today, support for Games Daily, comes from Manscaped, who, Gary, guess what, is number one in men's below-the-belts grooming. Wow. Yes. This, is, this is going places I didn't expect. Yeah, below the belt. Uh, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. 
You like that? Go, yeah, keep going. You like that? We've all been there, right? We're down there trying to keep things clean. You get that little nick, that one nick you'll be thinking about for months. You know what I mean? Those days are over. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Why do you keep looking at me? Because you got nuts. Um, and don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using down there. That's just nasty. Manscaped also has the crop preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on your balls? Uh, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code GAMES at Manscaped. Wait, I'm supposed to be putting deodorant on my balls? I'm 47 years old. No one's ever told me this. Well, here we are. It's 2019. I can get you a deal, though. Don't worry, Gary. Put me up with some of this shit. 20% off plus free shipping with the code GAMES at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code GAMES at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code GAMES. We got a delivery here, and the back room is fighting over who gets it. You got some, you've actually got some of the stuff back oh, there? Yeah. Oh, i got to take a look. Yeah. Maybe you'll give it to Gary. This, feel, this feels like a KFAF waiting to happen. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you guys are going to test it out live Live, no. live product no, demo? No, no, please don't touch your balls I'm on guess, camera. I'm actually guessing, as luck would have it, my guess, and I don't know why I think this, my guess is that Nick and Andy are probably the two hairiest fellows in the kind of funny lineup. Speaking of hair, Nick and Andy have noticed that their hair was thinning, Gary, and they decided to do something about it. They I bet went it's not to- thinning down there, though. <laughs> they went to four I bet it's lush and vibrant <laughs> down there below the belt. It's um, a jungle down there. Don't don't put the images in my head. Hims is a wellness brand for men that helps you deal with all the awkward problems you don't want to make an appointment to talk about, but apparently we could talk about here on Kind of Funny Games Daily. 4hims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims is helping guys be the best version of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. There are prescription solutions backed by science. Hims was created by a guy who knows some men's health conversations are easier online than in person. No more awkward in-person doctor's visits or long pharmacy lines. 4Hims connects you to real doctors online, which could save you hours. Completely confidential and discreet. Answer a few quick questions and a doctor will review. And if they determine it's right for you, can prescribe you medication to treat hair loss that is shipped directly to your door. Order now. Kind of Funny Games Daily listeners can get started with the Hims Complete Hair Kit for just five bucks today while supplies last. And of course, subject to doctor's approval. See website for full details and safety information. This could cost you hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy somewhere else. Go to 4hims.com slash games daily. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash games daily. 4hims.com slash games daily. And Quip is the best way to ease back into your post-summer routine because that's right you guys september is here and summer only has one week left (laughs) simplify your morning and evening now with the simpler electric toothbrush from quip nearly everyone here at kind of funny is using quip greg just got back from dallas with his i just got back from pax with mine why are we using it well because quip has got sensitive sonic vibration vibrations for an effective clean that's gentle on your sensitive gums gary did you know that most people brush their teeth too hard no i didn't it's true Got to be gentle on your gums and your teeth. Quip's got a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides and to help clean your whole mouth evenly. Plus, there are no wires or a clunky charger, and it runs for three months on a single charge. Brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just five bucks. A friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh and to stay committed to your oral health. Those are just some of the reasons that we love Quip here at Kind of Funny. We talk about Quip all the time. It's great. But we know that you guys can see Quip in stores, but it helps kind of funny games daily. If you use our special promo code, plus we're going to give you that first refill pack for free. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash games right now, you can get that first refill pack for free, as I mentioned. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash games. And now, Gary. Yes. People's oral health routines. Need some improving, but that's so far away until they get their quip. Oh, come on, that's weak. I know, Gary. This show's all over the place today. Usually you wouldn't come out of an ad into this, right? No, because we're very far behind. This is a hard degree of difficulty segue. Normally we'd be in your wrong by now. But today, Gary, I need to know what's coming to the bottom and grab digital shops. Where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform. Is this about a kind of funny game? Show each and every weekday. Yeah. 
All right, here we go. The Walking Dead, the Telltale Definitive Series, is on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Black from this is on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, and Mac. Uta Warumono. Uta Warumono. Uta Warumono. Zan. What the heck is Zan? I don't know what that is. Somebody write in and tell me what that is. Greed Falls on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Gears 5 is out on Xbox One and PC. Football Pez 2020 is on PC. PS4, Xbox One, Caravan Stories is on PS4, Gun Gun Pixies is on Switch, Stellar Knights is on PC, Ribisco is on PC, Misfire is on PC, Age of Grid is on PC and Mac, and Red Dead Online, the Frontier Pursuits is out. This is the latest update for the Red Dead Online. Introduce three new Frontier Pursuits, the next step in the continuing evolution of Red Dead Online. Frontier Pursuits are a transformational addition to Red Dead Online, offering an ongoing series of specialist roles for players to inhabit and new directions to pursue with a wide array of themed activities and new items and abilities to unlock as you progress, deepening a player's connection to their characters that carve out their own plates on the Frontier. You guys, this is a giant update for Red Dead Online, and I cannot possibly put all of the details in. Uh, if you guys want to know the full details of all the cool new things that they have added to Red Dead Online in the Frontier Pursuits, of course, head to Rockstar's website. With the Tekken Thieves in the past, three's arrival, which is today. Zafina is here, and it's the first time she's joined the battle since Tekken Tag Tournament 2. Now she's back in action for players in the Americas to join on, enjoy on their PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC via Steam. New dates. The Evolution Board Game, the turn-based strategy game of adaptation from North Star Digital Studios, adapts to the Nintendo Switch ecosystem in early 2020. To mark this event, the title is holding its biggest sale yet with 40% off the game on current platforms, which are iOS, Android, and Steam. And Square Enix announced today that Star Ocean First Departure R, the HD remaster of the classic sci-fi RPG, will make its digital debut on December 5th for the Nintendo Switch system and PlayStation 4. Pre-orders include a commemorative PlayStation 4 theme and a digital music soundtrack for the Star Ocean Live 2019 concert. Deals of the day. Independent game developers Chris Bryan and Chris Hernandez are raising money for multiple sclerosis charities. All revenue for the super rad ray gun on itch.io for the month of September will be donated can can do MS. So if you guys want to help out a good cause and play a game, head on over to itch.io and download Super Rad Raygun. Is this what it's like for people who listen to podcasts on double speed? Yes. Do you ever do that? I do yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And imagine if they're listening to it on double speed while I'm talking really I fast. I understand people that do that. Do you do that? Yeah, yeah really? I do that sometimes. Only sometimes when uh, when like the conversation's like dragging a little bit, I'll like speed it up just to okay. like, get through it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like the one and the quarter speed. The yeah. one and the half speed is really pushing it. Two times speed is just is no, just bad. It's impossible. If you want a good laugh, slow us down to half speed. Yeah, it's you great. sound like you a sound drunk. drunk. It's really oh, funny. Yeah. It's really funny. It shouldn't be this funny. All right. So since we don't really have a whole lot of time for reader mail, uh, Gary, you want to look through these and see which uh, one of where these? Where is reader mail? Is it at the back here? It's at the back. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would say maybe Ignacio Rojas or maybe uh, Billy the Door or Fendi. One of those three is probably where I would go. Okay, let's do um, let's do Fendi because it's the shortest one. Okay. I haven't read it though. Fendi says, "What's a Widow Wednesday without some pizza bets?" Technically, it's not Widow Wednesday; it's Widow Tuesday. But the Last of Us Part Two media event is officially on September twenty fourth. How about one last pizza bet on whoever gets the closest release date for the game? Uh. Now, some might say, "But Andrea's in L.A.," and then I would say, "Well, a post office exists for a reason, doesn't it?" Listen, don't send me pizza in the mail. You can just order a pizza to be delivered to me. So, exactly. it's September twenty okay. fourth, when they're going to announce the Last of Us Two release date? We do you don't. Think? No. Yeah. Okay. It's essentially the first time I believe that press is getting hands on with the event. Mm, mm. So I have requested to be <laughs> present at the events. I will since I will be in LA. Yeah. Uh, we'll oh, see. I, I, I want to do Billy the Doors as well. Okay. If I can. Okay. Sure. So, what's your guess on a release date for The Last of Us Part Two for a single pizza pizza party? What are we doing here? Two pizzas? I would say a single pizza. A single pizza. Yeah. Okay. Especially now that we have the complication of living. Do you have in to come up cities. with an actual specific date because that seems awfully specific. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready, Gary. Well, well let's hear it. March twentieth. March twentieth, twenty twenty. And is it whoever yes. gets closest? Yes. Okay. Okay. March twenty twenty twenty. Isn't that the same date as uh, Animal Crossing, New Horizons? Because that would be an epic clash. Mm, if so, mm, mm. I am going to go with. April 24th, 2020. Mm, okay. Okay. I'm going to go for the Friday release. All right. April 24th, 2020 is my guess. Did The Last of Us 1 release on a Friday? I'm not sure. I always forget, like, PlayStation's way of doing it if they do Tuesdays or Fridays. I the Last of Us release date was June 14th, 2013. 
Mm. which was a Tuesday, I believe. Okay. Um, Gary. I'm going to be, I'm going to be very bullish. I'm going to say, um, January 20th. Oh, okay. Wow. January. I was, I was kick off the new year with a bang. Yeah. I was scared someone was going to go like before my date. Yep. yep. Yeah. Mm. I'm, 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 Are we I'm, doing I'm, prices, right? Rules. Closest without going over? So without going past it, you mean? You Correct. can only be before it. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, or do you want to just, clo- just do closest? Just do closest. Just do closest. closest? Yeah. But, okay. what if, but what if people are the exact Equal- same numbers of date on each side? Then mm. it's a draw. Then we okay. owe each other. You get to split the pizza? pizza. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Billy the door. Okay. Here we go. Billy the door. Just the last just the last two paragraphs. Yeah, so Billy wrote in about the Apple event. Um, and he says, but the news that's really rocking the industry is concerning number one Twitch streamer, Gary Witta. Everyone is asking, did the mastermind of Space Rocks write into KFGD yesterday extolling the Dreams cast? Would love to hear your thoughts on the console after Tim so carelessly dismissed it. So I wasn't watching uh, Games Daily yesterday. I was I was busy doing something else. But you somebody were in on the twi- chat, though. Somebody, I, well, so what happened was someone on Twitter mentioned me and said hey you should know that tim gettys is right now shitting on the dreamcast on kfgd so you know i slid down the bat pole and 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 uh, and got into the kind of funny chat and i missed it but so i, I said hey did i just miss tim shitting on the Dreamcast?" Like, oh yeah he was just saying it's, it's overrated and i was like fuck so i did that was me that wrote into kind of fun thank you for reading my uh, you're wrong yesterday of course uh, that was me that was me that was writing in tim of course is wrong here's the problem i i um I, I I love Tim, I really do, but I, I I can't take his opinion on the Dreamcast too. What, what what was he like? Fucking minus four when the Dreamcast came out. Like how can he hold an opinion on that? I was twenty seven years old when the Dreamcast came out. The peak the peak of my gaming years, and I remember it fondly. I bought it on day one. Still remains. I, I did a whole stream last night uh, over on my Twitch channel. Uh, we played a trilogy of classic Dreamcast games. Uh, Crazy Taxi. Uh, Typing of the Dead, Space Channel 5, Soul Calibur, uh, Ready to Rumble. I have so many, uh, even NFL, the NFL 2K was the first game I ever saw where I was like, holy, like I actually did a d- double take. I was like, holy shit, was that on TV just now? Like it looked that good back mm-hmm. in the day. Go back now, it doesn't look that great compared to like Madden now. Uh, but back in the day, it was the first game that looks truly next gen to me. Uh, and you remember what we, had, what we had at the time was like the PlayStation 1 and the X64, like game, like th- those, those consoles looked shitty. Like the fuzzy, bad, jaggy 3D, the PlayStation 1. And then there's a reason why the PlayStation Classic did not do well. It's because you go back and look at those games now and they just look terrible. Nobody wants to revisit that era. They just don't. Mm. Mm. Um, And so the Dreamcast for me felt like the first true next-gen console. I love that it did weird and crazy shit like the fishing controller and the VMU. It was one of the first consoles to actually offer online play. They were doing amazing, amazing stuff with the Dreamcast. I wish... I said on the stream last night, if I could change one thing in gaming history, I would go back in time and make the Dreamcast a huge hit. Because I would, I wish that Sega had. Cont- I wish we had a Dreamcast two and a three. I love that they do. They were doing something different. Um, there's not enough different stuff. Uh, in the games industry these days. The PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, they're basically the same thing. Nintendo's the only company out there doing anything different. And before them, it was... And, 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 you know, it was Sega, Sega, Sega were trying to do something different with the Dreamcast. So it breaks my heart that the Dreamcast wasn't a bigger success. Uh, but I'll always have fond memories of it. 20th anniversary, very, very special to me. Tim Geddes doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. I'm just going to ask you this one question. If it was so great, why didn't it succeed? I mean, there are lots of great things out. I mean, mm. yeah, there are lots of great things out there that didn't succeed. There are lots mm. of shitty things out there that are super successful. Mm. Um, you know, I think. Like you, I mean, I, I okay. I, you've got sixty seconds to finalize your point. Just I would, I would, we're I would actually late. love. To, I would actually love to read like a really in-depth analysis of why the Dreamcast didn't do uh, well enough to to succeed. All I know is two. it that's, was it was a, it was a great it. it was a great machine. It had great games. I love and I love the fact that twenty years later it's still fondly remembered. And people like Tim, you're not helping. Bam. <laughs> there you go. All right. This is now the part of the show where we go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where our friends over at twitch.tv slash games let us know what we screwed up as we screwed it up. The nanobiologist writes, Gary is correct. Apple Arcade is under one subscription. All games will not have in-app purchases, nor will they have ads. I like it. So that's great news. Yeah. 
Um, Nanobiologist also writes that on the Apple Arcade website, it jumps from the iPhone to the iPad, to Mac, and Apple TV, and you can play offline with six family members to one account. That's great. That's great news. He also wrote up a full list of all these developers for me. Thank you so much. Did they say how many games it's launching with? Because that was something we asked for. It was just the same thing that she said on stage there, 100 games being added to the catalog. But no, but we don't know how many on day on one. On September 19th, number unclear. Okay. Um, DJ Canto says, Netflix still mails discs. I still do three oh. at a time. Best way to get rarer movies. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, and a couple other people also wrote in confirming that Netflix still has a disc subscription, which is great. Um, Corey G wrote in and said that we had missed a date. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is getting an open beta for PC users September 21st through the 23rd. If you pre-order, you can start on the 19th. Love you guys. And Andrew, you'll be missed. Oh, thank you. Um, let's see here. Um, Ignacio Rojas is clarifying that you don't need Stadia Pro to buy games. Um, I don't think we said that you need Stadia Pro to play games in 4K. Um, but I'm hoping that they'll give you discounts when you buy games with that pro subscription. They should. They should. It would be nice. At least 10% would be would be good. Yeah. Um, the nanobiologist says there were three games released by Burger King for $3 a piece. Pocket Bike Racer, Sneak King, and Big Bumpin'. I had them all. Uh, Cody J says it's pronounced Utaware Rumonozan. Okay. Utaware Rumonozan. Utaware Rumonozan. I would have loved to have Greg try to do <laughs> that one. <laughs> He says it's a hack and slash based on a visual novel SRPG. So right. sorry, I messed that up. Nanobiologist says, yes, Animal Crossing New Horizons does release March 20th, 2020. And a bunch of people write in to confirm that June 14th was a Friday, not a Tuesday. So that is Friday release date for the original Last of Us. I'm still feeling good about that March 20th prediction. I, I'm, yours, yours feels right. No. Yeah. Uh, what, you did April 24th? I did Friday, April 24th, 2020. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think my January thing's going to hold up. You never know. Uh, yeah, you never know. PlayStation doesn't release big games like that in January. I had, mm. I think it has more to do with their marketing budget cycle than anything else, but yeah. who knows, yeah. Gary? No, it's pro- it was probably a dumb bet now that I think about it. Mm. I'm locked into it now. I'm not going to try to change it. It's you okay. never know. Good news, Gary. If I lose, you, you get pizza anyway. So it's really like suits me. Who's gonna win here, me or Barrett? So if you if you win, someone's gonna have to uh, order you a pizza yeah, for you LA, know, right? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Maybe well, get uh, maybe get your pals DiGiorno to send you some pizzas in LA. Mm, mm, maybe it's not delivery. We'll it's DiGiorno. Exactly. All right, and that'll do it for this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. Tomorrow, it's Greg and I for my final. Kind of funny games daily. I know I'm not ready either, Barrett. I'm sad about it. And then Greg and Tim close out Thursday and Friday. Gary, this has been lovely. I just want to say, Andrea, it's a pleasure to know you. Oh, thank you. It'll be a pleasure to continue to know you, even though you'll be 500 miles farther away. I'm sure we'll still see lots of you. You come to L.A. all the time. Of course, I'm there. Well, that's I mean, that's that's my day job. I'm not there all the time, but yeah. I mean, next time I'm in L.A., I'll 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 come by and see a new place. And yeah, we can grab dinner. Yeah, absolutely. And I wish I wish you and John all the best. Thank you so much, Gary. And we love you guys. Thank you so much for being part of the show. Of course, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames is where you can support everything we do here at Kind of Funny. But stay tuned because you know that In Review is coming up next if you're watching live on Twitch. And for now, Gary, it's been a pleasure to serve.